on this first episode edition of True Story, bro, we look at how football season is ending and hockey season is beginning. What a beautiful transition that is. We're going to take a look at the World Junior Hockey Championship, all our reaction from the finals to the group stage, everything from there. We set the table for you guys with the NHL regular season. Just a couple sleeps, guys, until the puck drops. Uh, real exciting stuff. We give our predictions, what we think is going to happen there. Then we shift over to the gridiron, look at some super wild card weekend football. Lots of fun stuff over there. Then we take a look at the college game, uh, talk about the finals, talk about the college football playoff. And then we have other fun segments like Parlay Party and Game of the Week, all coming to you here on True Story Bro. Enjoy. Welcome to this first ever episode of True Story, bro. I'm here with Ray Diggity Dog. What's going on, my man? I want you. Yeah, we're just, we're just chilling. In it's a good Zero Monday Valley. night. There's college football going on, and uh, it's a great game so far. Yeah, I know. I love it right now. Um, Bama just scored a touchdown, and they just got the PAT, so... Um, they're up by 10. Um, lots to get into to everyone listening. Thank you. Um, we're starting off very small. And what's our first episode? But, you know, we still want to wish our listeners uh, a uh, we still want to tell her that we still want to wish that our listeners had a happy and very safe holidays. Dog and I, we're being bad boys right now, man. We're staying up past curfew. Yeah. Um, but you know that ain't stopping us. We got to do. We're doing a little isolated type gig. Um, lots to get into in. Uh, lots to get into. Football's at uh, football's ending because we got the finals for the college football, uh, and we got playoffs starting. And then we had the World Juniors over the holidays, and now we got the NHL starting up. It is January eleventh right now as we're recording, but. A couple sleeps, man. Pucks dropping on the NHL. Two more sleeps. I'm excited. You know, it's going to be a good season. And, you know, hopefully the boys can stay safe and we can have a good season. Yeah, you can feel it. You want to get in the World Juniors first? Yeah, let's do that. Let's do that first, yeah. Okay, perfect. So, um, I lots of action in the World Juniors. Um, Obviously, uh, the group stage was kind of nuts. People were complaining about how many teams should be in the group stage, um, especially Sid Sixero. Sid Sixero yeah. should just shut up. Um, it's kind of a shame that Tim and Sid still doesn't get the same views as uh, Jay and Dan, and Jay and Dan is a highlight show. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Tim and Sid uh, is a ten but... times better show than Jay and Dan. Like, I'm not even going to get into the topic, but no. Jay and Dan does not even come close to Tim and Sid. Two, like, early 2000s, Jay and Dan was really good. Like, best, no, show, was- best show ever. Best show ever. Now, it's just they try to push the same jokes, and it's like, you guys are 40 years old, and you're not funny anymore. 
And no, but the thing is, is though, is that like I don't even. Okay, so we still make some good jokes because here's the deal. I wake up in the morning. I like I'm a guy. I like routines, right? I wake up in the morning, yeah. and I'm gonna listen to Jay and Dan, or I'm gonna watch Jay and Dan in the morning. That's where I get my highlights from. I used to get, I used, okay, so at the beginning, whenever Jay and Dan came back, I didn't watch it as much because I yeah. was getting bored of it. And then, <clears throat> excuse me, I started watching, and then I thought, like, the OG Sports Center, like, with, like, I don't know, all the other reporters, like, I kind of thought, I kind of found it boring. And then I started watching Jay and Dan more, and I thought that was a really fun version of Sports Center. So, I don't know. I, I find I find Jay and Dan and Tim and Sid are two different shows because Tim and Sid are sports discussions. Yeah. And Jay and Dan is more of like highlights. Anyways, back to the main topic. The World Juniors, eh? <laughs> Yeah, World Juniors. So, lots happened. Um, if you ask me, I think this is the most talented World Juniors, man. You it can was. you can come to me, you can come to me and say, "Oh well, the lockout year with Crosby and, and Obi." No, shut up. That, that, this has to be the most most talented World Juniors because there were so many NHL teams that released their prospects and allowed them to play. Yeah. And I don't know if you're going to agree with me or not, but this is the best Team Canada team I have ever saw in my life. Nope. Up until that gold medal game. That see that that's where you contradict yourself, bro. It's up until the world gold medal game. They were fantastic. Okay, if they win gold, then yes, yes, they are the best Canadian World Junior team that any that has been ever assembled. Been assembled. Yeah. But because they didn't get the win, you know, there were so many. Like, I could even argue that the 2015 team with McDavid, Domi, Lazar, uh, I could keep going. Hicketts, Fakali. Uh, That's true. I guess, I, I guess you're right. right. I guess you're right. You're right. I could even argue that that team was better because they got the gold. Yeah. But, anyways, um, lots of guys stood out to us, um, you know. People complained about the amount of teams that should be in the tournament. And like I said, if you think that there should be six teams in the tournament, you suck. No one values your opinion. And I'm going to enjoy watching Tim Stutzla dangle uh, Team Finland while the rest of (laughs) Team Germany struggles. Put on their skates. (laughs) Yeah, they, they just because they're just so weak. Because COVID affected them so bad. But, but like the thing too um, is, some of these kids, it's the only chance to get. Like a lot of those Austria kids, and even the, the Slovaks, a lot of them were like 15, 16. Like I remember this one kid, TSN interviewed him when he was from Austria and he was in grade 10. And he was talking about how he had to do yeah, homework on his on the trip. That's so, that's so whack. Yeah. That's Imagine being so a whack. teacher. Like you're going to represent our country at playing world junior hockey and you know what you're gonna do this fucking math assignment for me (laughs) imagine being in the world juniors you're representing your country in the best youth hockey tournament in the world 
and they and you still have to do a situational problem. <laughs> that sucks. Well, Timmy, if, <laughs> if hockey doesn't work out, you have to know your fucking mathematics. <laughs> oh, Devontae Smith just got his third touchdown. So, is it time to turn off this game now? Um, I don't know. Well, we've, we've seen some crazy stuff lately. And, you know, you never know. You never know. Hey, man. What, wasn't it Georgia I'm, I'm that so came st- back against him a couple of years ago? I have no idea. I'm sticking by, I'm sticking by my final prediction. I said uh, 42-37. Yep. I'm staying. We're kind of on pace uh, for that anyways. right now. Yep. Um. Back to the World Juniors, though. So, you know, we can talk about the group stage as much as we want, but where the real meat is at is the finals. Exactly. Um, Canada, USA. Exactly, man. Canada, USA. Uh, you know, Trevor Zegras doing his little dancey dance, and Canada with their 19 first overall picks. Yeah. And Canada doesn't live up to the hype. They nope. they choke. Um, great game, great game. That? If you're a Florida scout or member of the organization, um, obviously you had the two goalies in there. Yeah, you got to feel like you're a genius. Yeah, except for the nine fans I'm that are like tooting their horn because they're so happy to go see them in four years. Having a first rounder be starting in net for one team. And a seventh rounder starting in the other. Yeah. You got to feel pretty confident. Oh yeah. Uh, you you probably got to go to the ownership if if you're the guy who um, whispered in the GM's ear, "Hey, draft these guys." You got to feel like you deserve a raise. Yeah. And obviously, Devin Levi has the best numbers for a goalie by any Canadian at the World Juniors, except for Justin Pogge. Actually, he yeah, except for the the. Uh, goals against average but he he did tie the shutout record and his i believe his goals against ended up being 9.7 so or uh his save percentage got, being 9. It, no, he broke the save percentage record oh, okay yeah but anyways he tied the shutout record with carolina hurricanes legend justin pogey um uh, but yeah uh my takeaway from that game is just that Man, America wanted it more. Yeah. They wanted it more. That's that's all I could say about that. Uh, you know, the, it was forecheck, backcheck, paycheck, right from the puck drop, and Canada was not moving their feet at all. And it was just no. – it was painful to watch. It, that like, that first goal, to... honestly – that first goal honestly looked like a penalty kill. Like, it was – they were just – I know. Not moving their feet, they're just standing around, letting them set up in the zone, and it led to that deflection goal by uh, I forget who scored, but uh, Turcott. Turcott scored the deflection goal. Yep. And uh, man, he looks nice. He does. I know. I in the 2019 draft, there was a lot of U.S. kids that that went in the first round, but I'm gonna say out of all of them, I think Alex Turcott is the one. Other than Cole Caulfield, obviously, yeah. Caulfield is. If you look at that first round from 2019, I think Caulfield is probably the steal of that draft. Yeah. But um, other than Caulfield, like I, I saw Alex Turcott and I was like, wow, this this kid has a future. Um, but yeah, uh, 
you know, Canada just they looked a step slow all yeah. game, and it was extremely wow. painful to watch. Um, and I honestly thought, man, it was a going to be a goaltending battle. It was going to be or yeah. not sorry, it was going to be the other way around. I thought it was going to be all offense, all game long, all the time. I thought it was going to be like a 7-5 score, something stupid like that. And instead it wasn't. Both goalies stood on their head. Unfortunately, Levi got a couple tough breaks. Nice deflection by Turcotte. Unlucky bounce leading to the Zegres goal. Uh, Cocky bastard. Um, And then Spencer Knight stood on his head. Like, um. I forget who it was. Who had that chance? Was it Byram? No. Someone had a chance for a wide, like, tra- or not Travis Zegers. Uh, Spencer Knight was doing the splits. And it was Byfield. Canadian- it was Byfield. Are you sure? Where the- he missed over top of the net and it was wide open? No, uh, it was the one that, like, just went off of Knight's. He, like Knight was doing the splits. Yeah, that, he that, was that like one was Byram. Feet. That one was Byram. He was five feet out from his net, and it just skinned his glove enough to go yeah. over the net. Um, yeah, then it was Byram. Um, but but like, Byfield had that chance too, where he just missed the net. Yeah, he was. Uh, that was the Thomas Beck special. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you, you know, like in and nine times out of ten. That puck's going in the net, exactly. you know. Except, just Spencer Knight was just having his night. He was having his way. Uh, so, well, yeah. I think we even uh, owe it to Devin Levi because I think without him, that game would have been obviously you know five or six nothing easily. I know it, it got ugly real fast. It yeah. just, uh, I know the shots were kind of even, but just if you if you ask me, um, it felt like that puck was in our own end. Yeah. Um, the entire and to everyone who went on TSN or bar down or spit and chicklets or any other hockey or any other sports page that talks hockey and went and said 19 first round draft picks. Um, you got to feel pretty stupid right now. Yeah. Like, you know, um, America can talk their shit. American hockey fans can just they can talk shit, they can they can walk the walk, they deserve it cuz their team backed yeah. it up right. Now. Um That's what, like Trevor Zegers before the game, he's like Canada who basically like they haven't played a good team yet, like but uh got to owe it to that kid cuz you know he talked the talk and he walked the walk obviously and Exactly. You got to give them credit uh, where credit is due. Exactly. But closing points uh, about the World Juniors, players that stood out to you. Um, um you want me to start, or do you want to start with that? Yeah, you go for it, buddy. Who are some guys that that stood out to you that you thought, man, these kids like they need a shot at the pro level? Yeah, Tim Stutzel. Every time that kid gets the puck, he has a scoring chance. Every time. Oh my god. Oh my god. In, in 2020, whenever uh, he was. Like, whenever he first dazzled at the World Juniors, you know, I honestly thought, wow, this kid's nice. But, like, for yeah. everyone to be saying that he's top five material, I was like, 
okay, let's not get too ahead of ourselves now. We just saw yeah. him. But that's normally who I am as a person. Like, um, yeah. you go back and you look at other teams, and normally people, like, you know, that's kind of what I love about the World Juniors. Kids' draft stocks just skyrocket because yeah, exactly. of one good World Juniors. Um, you want to talk about, you know, and, and a perfect perfect example of that is Patrick Line. Or yep. Nico Heischer. I can give you an even better example and say Nico Heischer. Um, you want me to give you one too? Mika Zibanejad. Yeah, he was fantastic. And he turned out to be a top 10 pick. Um, yep. But the thing about Nico Heischer, perfect example of that. Um, you know, before the tournament, people said, oh, well, you know, uh, Switzerland's going to rely heavily on him. And um, he's going to. You know, and he's going to be uh, Switzerland's go-to guy. He should be like an early to mid-first rounder. And then by the end of the tournament, people were saying, "On oh, you know, people should consider uh, Nico Heischer to be a be a top three pick." Same with exactly. Patrick Liney. Whenever Patrick Liney was done in the World Juniors, everyone was putting him in the same conversation as as Austin Matthews. So I mean, when whenever Tim Stutzla was in the World Juniors last year in the Czech Republic, I was like, okay, let's not get too ahead of ourselves. And then I saw him, you know. And then I watched some tape about like of him whenever he was in Germany. And then I watched him this year in the World Juniors. This kid's the real deal, man. Yeah. You know, like, in my opinion, you can call this a hot take if you want. In my opinion, you put him on that team, Canada, and he is the best player, if not the second best. Best player. In my opinion, he'd be the best player. He's he's a magnet to the puck. I'm super pumped to see him in Ottawa. Um, any other guys that stood out to you, man? Obviously, Trevor Zegras. You know, he led the tournament in points, and he had a – outstanding tournament he was a big part of that usa team's capturing gold yeah and um brad lambert he's that kid's a fucking stud you know 17 years old and uh he's another guy he reminds me of stutzel like uh like when i saw stutzel last year i was like this kid's gonna be special like you know like even before the hype i kind of realized and i was like i think it's the same with this kid you know he's uh projected i think top five right now in that uh 2022 draft class and i think he he's going to be the lock for number one after this year yeah no for sure um for me it was um for me the three guys that stood out to me had to be um obviously florian eliash i mean yep who heard of this kid i mean he was supposed to go uh late in the draft and he ended up going undrafted. Right now, he's 18 years old. Um, <clears throat> he's eligible for next year's draft. He's with uh, he's with Mannheim's youth team, which yeah. you want to talk. Okay, so I mean, the story about Germany has been like they keep pumping up this these prospects. It started with Moritz Sider. And then you see Tim Stutzla coming out of here. Then you got JJ Paterka. Then you got Lucas Reichel. You got all these young studs coming out of yeah. uh, coming out of Germany, and they're all coming from the same system. They're coming from Mannheim, um, yeah. and Florian Eliash is one of those guys. He, he's coming out of uh, 
coming out of Mannheim in Germany. Last year, he played for uh, Mannheim's youth under-20 team in uh, the uh, German U-20 league in 30 games in the 2019-2020 season. 30 games, 26 goals, 23 assists, 49 points. Yeah, that's good. That is fantastic. And then nine points in five games in the World Juniors. Yes, sir, sign me up. And uh, he's played uh, two games with Adler Mannheim minus one. But, you know, it's got to take time for this guy. Obviously, I don't think Eliash is going to be a first pick, first rounder. But after that World Juniors and the numbers that he's putting up at the U20 level in Germany, there's no question this kid's going to be a pick. Yeah, well, even Paterka, he was taking the second round last year by Buffalo. Yeah, I, I forget what the knock is on Paterka. I thought, well, Paterka was going to be one of those guys that goes in the late, in uh, in the late first round, but then he started slipping a little bit in the second round. And I always yeah. thought, if there's a guy who was drafted outside, if there's a guy who was drafted outside where all the scouts and professionals think he's going to land. There's always, and we don't know why he's not being taken yet. There's always a reason that the scouts know that we don't. It's like draft day. Have you ever seen draft day? No one showed up to Bo Callahan's birthday. Yeah, exactly. No one showed up to, and it's, and all I can think of. And no one knew why. No one knew why. And then Sonny Weaver called Bo Callahan. He said, Bo, why no one go to your birthday party, Bo? And Bo didn't want to answer. That is, prob- that is honestly probably one of my favorite fucking football movies of all time. Sports movies, bro. Yeah, and David fucking Putney just because. David Putney. Give me David Putney. <sighs> Another yeah, big storyline a- for Germany here, too, is they had Stutzel, Paterka, and Elias at 4, 5, and 6 in scoring. Yeah. And and imagine what it would have been like if they had their full roster. And, man, Germany's dangerous. I'm going to say this for, like, if if Germany keeps pumping out these prospects, they're going to be dangerous, man. I mean, they held Russia to one goal. Yeah. And holy shit. I know. I think if they had if they have if they had a better goalie, I think if they had their goalie that you know wasn't able to be here obviously because of COVID, I think they would have been really well because he was he supposedly was a stud in the German league. Yeah, I mean, I mean it is what it is, but anyways, just that's what makes this year special. Um, and you know, everyone wants to talk about how hard it was to win in the NHL bubble. Same goes in the World Juniors. This yep. and, and I saw the dumbest comment. So there was this one TikTok that this guy made, and he was like, uh, he was bra- like it was this American guy bragging about um, bragging about um, winning gold, and someone commented, yeah. um, "COVID championships don't count. That's so bullshit. That's so bullshit." Like I get it. I'm this Canadian. is the best the best rosters in the world juniors we've seen in years. I I years. Get it. I know, bro. Like I get it. I'm Canadian and I should I should be mad that we lost. But um to be quite honest, 
like we gave the, we we did not play well in that game and the Americans deserved it. They came out, they played, they showed heart like they always do. Yeah, I know. And it and it doesn't like I just saw a I just saw a crazy stat. I'm sorry to cut you off. I just saw a crazy stat right now on my screen. What? Devontae Smith has more yards than the entire Ohio State team. Devontae Smith Holy currently shit. has 215 yards, and Ohio State has 195. Wow. I know. Anyways, back to the World Juniors. <laughs> back to the World Juniors. Um, you know, I, I, I think it's the same as the Stanley Cup playoffs. This is the hardest World Juniors ever to have won. And if yeah. you think that the champion um, d- needs to have an asterisk beside it, you're just pressed. Yeah. Anyways, that's the World Juniors. Whatever. Another World Juniors has gone and passed. We're going to find more prospects to fall in love with. You know. Another one was Austria's goalie, Sebastian Ranishitz. That kid needs to get signed. That kid needs a contract. He had 68 shots a game against them and still posted an 892 save percentage. Yeah, I know. He... And even in the um, the ice hockey league, which I believe is the is that Austria's or Switzerland's uh, hockey league, it's Austria's. He's a, uh, it's Austria's. Okay, so yeah, he's played seven games. Is, uh, the uh, national league association or something okay. like that, like the NHL. So it is Austria's. Okay, yeah. So yeah, he has played seven games and he has a nine oh nine save percentage. Here's four and three. Here's the statistics. And this is comical. Um, eight nine, like eighty nine point two percent save, eighty nine point two save percentage, but a goals mm-hmm. against average of almost seven and a half. Like that's half. nuts. If that's you nuts. have a goals against average of almost seven and a half, normally your save percentage is like ten percent. <laughs> or like or like 500 you want to hear something even wild so in the 2019 uh, U18 tournament but yeah. this is the division 1B U18 so it's not like the legit U18s it's the 1Bs um, yeah. he played one game put up a 94% save percentage last year he yes. played uh, last year, he played nine games in the Swedish uh, under-20 league. He put up a 3.4 goals against average and an 88.5 save percentage. Yeah. If, if you put up those numbers in junior hockey, like in the CHL, that gets you a contract. Like, that gets you drafted. Exactly. So. Exactly, yeah. You know, call it, call what you want. Um, and in you're right. This year, 2021, in the ICHL, and this time he's playing against men. He's playing professionally. Exactly. Um, 909 yeah. save percentage, 227 goals against average in seven games. That's he good. Had a record of four and three. Yeah, that is insane for. For a um, eighteen-year-old, that's nuts. Yeah, that is insane. Anyway, so 
interesting world. Now, did you want to touch on some of the Canada and USA game? No, I think we a little bit more. We covered it. What I really want to focus. Can I just add? Can I just add the stat of we are now one in four against the states? Yeah, we have lost the last three in gold medals. Yeah, that's tough. You want to know an even interest more interesting stat? Go ahead, tell me it. In the past eight tournaments, the same three yeah. teams have won the World Junior Championships. Yeah, and if we would have won this year, it would have been it would have been. It's still two been. teams that have won it and set, but but that's still good that it's three it's still, teams that have done it. <laughs> I mean, everyone complains. Everyone complains about the same teams winning the Stanley Cup, but I ain't hearing about the same teams complaining about winning the World Juniors. Yeah. Um. So, anyway, well, Sweden and was... Russia would get their shit together. Yeah, I thought I did not expect them to get rocked like that. Um, no. But moving on, we're going to the big boys now, the NHL. Yep. Pumped about coming that. back in two more nights. First game is on the thirteenth. Um, I believe it's the Habs and the Leafs. First, right? Yeah. First game. That is that is an awesome game. So first games on tap. Uh, there's a full slate on the thirteenth. Um, oh, we got Penguins. Yeah. Battle of Pennsylvania, which is an awesome game as usual. Those are always amazing. Always amazing. I know. Habs and Leafs, uh, Hawks and Lightning, Canucks and Oilers. That's always a fun one. Then Blues and Avalanche. Yeah. Um, oh, that's a good That's a good uh, divisional rival. Well, was, I guess. But once the NHL announced their return to play, dog, everyone focused their attention to the new division realignments. And one of yeah. them, and the, the biggest... Um, focus right now is the north division and how they, i fucking they, love it there's, i love it me too i think it's great for business i think it's awesome for business we're, i think we might even stay like this because we're getting 10 battles of Alberta's, which means you could get see kachuk turtle fucking 10 times because cassian's gonna be running after him around on the ice trying to chase and beat him down and then we also get nine yeah. battle of ontario's which are always fun but uh they might be Toronto sided this year, but yeah, lately the I don't know Ontario hasn't been fun. It it might be fun for you. It's not fun for me. But but at least you don't have to see the the Maple Leafs fans fill the uh, Scotiabank Arena this year. Hey, it's Canadian Tire Center. Just wait. Oh, Canadian Tire Center. Leafs That's fans. Right. Leafs fans always fill the Scotiabank Arena. <laughs> yeah, That's what it seems, eh? Bro, that's what it is. The Scotia Banker is yeah, I know. the Leafs home ring. <laughs> Montreal too. The recent years has been Montreal too. I remember that playoff game, playoff series they had against Montreal, and it was like eighty percent Montreal fans. No, actually, I'm I'm gonna contradict that because I've actually been to a Canadian Sens game, and I can say, and with no bias, with all bias aside. I can confidently say that this that the building is usually 50-50, if not 60-40, because the Sens have the advantage. Okay, well, 
But whenever, right but there. whenever it it's Leafs and Sens, I can shamefully say, oh, it's, it's, like, it's you can't get a ticket in that place if you're a Sens fan. You can't. It's sixty five thirty five for the Leafs. Yeah, but when it's Sens and Habs, it's so weird because you know normally whenever you're at a game, you can clearly hear the home market cheer like ah, go Sens, go like that type of shit. Whenever you're at yeah. whenever you're at a Habs Sens game, it's white noise. Oh, it it's is. like two fans sure. chanting, and they just like connect. Anyways, but yeah. aside to the point, um, who are some teams that you're looking at? I, I'm looking at right now. I'm looking at all the divisions. I'm not just looking at the North Division. I'm not just looking at um, the Central Division. God, rest in peace to the Red Wings and your Blackhawks, man. Like, and maybe yeah. the Panthers. That is a tough. <laughs> like, like the Central Division is a tough division to come out of alive. But um, yeah. I'm looking at the way the East looking nice with it too, though. The East that looks like a fun division. That does. Um, but um, I'm looking at the tables right now. Who do you who? Who are your dark horses right now? Who do you think is going to shock everyone? Ottawa. Definitely. Definitely. That's one of my dark horses. I can, I can back up on that. I think that... I, I, think other than, I think other than Toronto and Calgary and Edmonton, probably in the top three, that's probably how I'd have it. Um, in the north? I think Ottawa could place... In the north, I think Ottawa could place anywhere. Honestly, man, I could see them as high as four in that division. Uh, yeah, honestly, man, I think fifth is the highest Ottawa can place. My here's here's the way I'm looking at the Santa season. I'm not getting my hopes up, but and I'm not gonna get surprised, and I'm not gonna be surprised if we make the playoffs. But yeah, um, I'm I, I'm definitely not expecting a playoff run. No, and <laughs> and I think that. That that's, and and I think that's the expectation in the Sens locker room as well, because they've they've made it clear that they're planning on playing the young players. It's just a matter of when. Yeah. So, you know, I I'm kind of I'm looking right now, and I know I said who's your dark horse. But I'm going. I'm. I'm gonna go and say who my pick is to win the cup. I like the Knights, man. I love the Golden Knights. Um, I like them too. I really like them too. I. I. I think that adding Alex Petrangelo does a huge. Um, oh, makes it makes a huge boost to your to your roster. Um. They still have the goalie tandem of Flurry and Leonard for at least another year. Yeah. It's just it's they they have great coaching. It's just it's fun to watch. They're so much fun. And I don't you know, man, like it's just it's mm. They've been one step away from being one step away for the last two years, and I think and now I think with 
with getting Pertangelo, I think it's their time. Yeah, it, it's definitely their turn. They got, you know, they got guys like Mark Stone, um, you know, Alex Petrani. Max Petrani had an amazing season last year. Yeah, I think Patches. Well, Patches has always been a uh, a, a really, you know, defensive player, and and I love this team's defense. You know what I mean? Like, like I I love how. I, I love how they're able to, to be clutch and just shut you down no matter what. They can shut you down and then turn around and go and score on you. Um, I'm looking right now. Yeah. I'm looking right now at their, at their stats. Um, their scoring chances for what their scoring chances for percentage was 56.5. And their high danger chances were fifty five point nine. Um, yep. They created, um, you know, they 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 they're a huge possession team. Their Corsi it was uh, fifty eight point uh, fifty four point eight. Um, but you know, chances are there, but they're not converting because high danger scoring chances uh, from last year. Or ten point eight, and the league average that season last season was uh, twelve point two. But at the same time, I yep. I kind of think when you look at, um, I find in the NHL we often like to look at stats from the previous season, and then say, I I I just feel like a lot of people who observe NHL statistics are just observers of trends they'll say oh well this team has kind of been middle of the pack for the past couple of years so they should bump up or they should drop in the standings you know or this team has been creating these amount of stats i feel like when it comes to 20 2019 2020 you gotta throw that out the window yeah um you want to I think a team that's really going to surprise people too this year is the Rangers. Yeah, so a I lot did. of people they got they got Shesterkin coming in off of a decent season. He had a good season at the end. But is he going to handle being a starter? And uh, that that's the thing I don't know. But I do like Panarin. Panarin had an amazing season last year. Him and Zibanejad were amazing together. Yeah, you know they have a good defense core right now. They have Adam Fox, Tony D'Angelo. Jacob Truba, and I, I think Kako is going to have a good season this year. He's going to have a step up in the sophomore season. Yeah, Kako. I'm, I'm looking to see how Laffy's going to do this year. Yeah, Kako's definitely going to have uh, to figure himself out here. Um, for me, I, I, I find it interesting. I, I kind of want to see who the um, – who they go with the starter between uh, Georgiev and Shesterkin. I have a feeling. I definitely think it's going to be Shesterkin I right think now. it's Shesterkin as well, but I have a feeling it's going to go, like it can go either way. Um, yeah. But then again, um, I know I said, well, last year's stats don't really matter all that much, but looking at that last year's stats, um, Georgiev had five RBS, um, really bad starts, 
in other words, starts with a save percentage below of 85%. Georgiev led the team in RBS with five. Can I give you can I give you Shesterkin's numbers from last year? Yep. Okay, so for in the NHL, when he played with the Rangers, he had, he played twelve games. He had a two point five two goals against, and a nine three two save percentage, and he was ten and two. And with the Wolfpack, he uh, played twenty five games. He had a one point nine goals against average and a nine point three or a point nine three four save percentage, and he was seventeen four and five. Yeah, you want you, and to add on to the Shesterkin numbers as well, um, I'm looking right now. Quality, uh, quality start percentage was um, uh, his quality start percentage was seven fifty, and that's that's really good. That's really good. Yeah. Uh, well, even if you want me to give a, give you his KHL numbers, he's had good numbers. This kid, if you look him up, he's had good numbers since 20, 2012, 2013. Yeah. No, I, I definitely think like, Shesterkin is... This kid has not had under a nine a nine five save percentage. He hasn't had under a 9.05. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I just, I feel... I, I like Shesterkin, but just I I'm I don't know. I ever since that night where Georgiev, um, what was it? Did he shut out the Leafs or something like that? Ever since Georgiev, I mean, ever since Georgiev, a fucking Zamboni driver almost shut out the Leafs though. <laughs> ever since Georgiev, um, stood on his head against. Uh, against the Leafs. I've just I, I've been a believer in Georgiev and I think he's gonna be a fantastic backup. Uh, yeah, for sure. But looking up and down the NHL, who's the team that you think's gonna have the hardest drop off? The hardest drop off? Yeah. Dallas. Really? Yeah. Cause uh I believe um Bishop, I think either Bishop or Kudobin. Kudobin's out. Kudobin's out. Kudobin's out, and Sagan's out for the year. Is he not? Oh, yeah, out for true. half the year. There's a lot of guys that are out for a while, and it's going to be tough for them to bounce. Yeah. Tampa Bay's missing Kucherov. Yeah. Um. Marshan just got back for Boston. He had surgery. I think. Um, Boston- also, I'm looking to see how Stamkos is going to do this year. So, I don't, I don't, I don't know how good Tampa is going to be this year. I think Tampa is still going to be good. They have a lot of weapons. Uh, yeah, for me, it's going to be Winnipeg. You know, for the longest time, we yeah. all wanted to talk about how Winnipeg's window was open and when it, this is Winnipeg's chance and blah 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 blah. Believe in the Jets. You know, I I, I think Winnipeg's. A window of opportunity is slammed shut, and no one's realized it. Um, they have Hellebuck. They've got Wheeler. They've got Shifley. They've got Pionk, who I love. I think he's one of those defensemen that um, doesn't get talked about enough when you look at um, 
Yeah. When you look at this team's roster, but they just, you know, the offense isn't there for me. I, you know, and they they capitalized on offense. I love Kyle Connor. I love um, I love Ehlers. I I I love all those guys. Don't get me wrong, but I just I yeah. I don't know if the Jets can figure it out. They've had problems for a while, and. You know, I, I think they're just starting to ramp up and their window is slamming shut and yeah. we're not realizing it. But about Neil Peon, that that dude can play. Um like yeah. his possession metrics. Um not the best possession, not the best possession. Uh you wanna talk about uh, players who improved. Um, he had a course, his coursey percentage at New York were 41.9 and 43.9. And then whenever he got to Winnipeg, it improved to 51.6. Wow. Yeah, I know. And then goals for well, and then goals for well on ice at even strength for Neil Pionk uh, in New York. First year was 20. Next year was 46. Then in Winnipeg, 65. Um, the, just you can tell that um, he just plays better. He has a better support staff. That's the one thing that I think is positive uh, with Winnipeg. I think that Neil Pionk is huge for their defense. You can say what you want about um, – say what you want about Dustin Bufflin leaving. I think – Neil Pionk is huge. He's their next, you know, big defenseman. I think that him and Josh Morrissey are going to lead the way. But I just, I, I think that everyone's yeah. going to, I think that the Jets are going to fall off and everyone's going to be kind of surprised by it. And, you know, call it a hot take if you want. I think the Sens are going to place higher than the Jets in the North Division. I don't dispute that. I, I I think you're right on that. Yeah. Anything else? I'm looking to see how Matt Matt Murray does. Yeah, though. I I think that's a huge X factor for the Sens. If you can get Matt Murray going, if you can get yeah. him stopping shots, you're going to be really tough to stop. Um. Yeah. Uh, moving along. So who are so? Before we move on to anything else, I'm going to ask you to make. One pick from the east, one from the west. Who are we seeing in the Stanley Cup finals? One from the east, and Who are we one seeing from in the, the Stanley west? Cup finals. You can even give your winner. Okay. So, it, it, it the north and the west division are they together? Yes. In a conference? Uh, the north. Is that how it works? I'm gonna find the any. I'm gonna find uh, the 2020. Or is it the West? It must be the West and the Central, right? West and the Central. So, uh, I don't know how they're realigning. I I think the North Division is going to be the North Division will probably be with the West. Because there's more Western Conference, because there's four Canadian teams in the Western Conference and only three in the 
only three in the East. So I have a feeling that um, it's okay. going to be Northwest on one side of the bracket and East Central on the other. Okay. Just two teams. Who are you seeing in the Stanley Cup Finals? Ooh. Uh, I got Vegas definitely coming out of the North and West divisions. And uh, on the other side, um, I'm going to go with Tampa Bay coming back out to try to defend really? the title. Here's what I got. Yeah. Um, call it a hot take. Vegas and CBJ in the finals. Allow me really? if you want, wow. but defense wins titles, and it's going to carry CBJ to the finals. I even think Carolina might come out of that division on top. Just one of those Central. teams. One of those teams are due for a big playoff run. Devontae Smith just went into yeah. the uh, to the injury tent. So, oh, I say I say we move on to football. Do you want to go college football? Do you want to just skim through? Um, we'll speed right through uh, the NFL Wild Card Weekend. Uh, starting off, starting okay. off with Colts and Bills. That was a close one. Um, that was a close one. How how were you feeling about that game? Because for viewers might not know, but Tommy is a big I Bills am. fan. Um, you know what? We almost lost to the Colts, and whenever Philip Rivers just made that big dick throw and just like said "fuck it," Ty's out there somewhere, and just launched it um i was sitting in my couch and i was thinking in my head oh no oh god not again not again and then um poyers uh, i think no it was hyde hyde swatted that away and i thought thank god finally a playoff win thank you um yeah you know i feel good about that we almost lost to the colts but hey you know what i'm not sorry you want to know why because I get to wake up in the morning and I know that my team is still in it to win it. Okay. Is that no. a shot at me? Or... I, it's, just, it's just me being unapologetic. No? And that's how I'm going to be in the playoffs. I'm okay. going to be unapologetic, man. Nothing against the Pat, nothing against the Pats, nothing against the Colts. Just, you know what? It's been a while since we've had our moment. I'm just going to Take a deep breath. Nobody turns the tables Nobody like the Buffalo the Bills. Eh? Or turns like the, the wheels like the Bills. <laughs> That's so, what it is. Really good game. Baltimore makes me nervous though, because our defense, yeah, our defense looked really soft against the run, and um, you know. The best way to get Baltimore going is if you get Lamar running. So, you know, I, I, I think. Can we talk about the Cleveland Browns game next? Yeah. Oh, oh yes. Let's move on to the. Uh, let's move on to the Browns. Um. Or do you want to do, do, you want to do the, the Browns? Browns just you want to do the Browns just absolutely said. Do you want to save the best for last? 
Okay, let's save the best for last. Okay, let's go Bucks and Washington. Let's. I'm just gonna do it in order. The cap. Okay. We'll do Bucks and Washington. Oh wait, no. It it went. Uh, it went Buffalo. It went. It went Buffalo, Indy, then L.A., Seattle. That's that's. Oh, L.A., Seattle. Okay, okay, yeah. Because no one, because yeah. Jamal Adams is one greasy ass bitch. Blitz boy, fuck Blitz boy, fuck him. Um, that was. <laughs> this guy can't play man coverage. This guy can't play uh, man coverage. I, I, did you see the? Did you see the catch? Fucking Cooper oh Cup made God. on him. I, I was, Cooper Cup out muscled him every time Jamal Adams touched the field. Canadian Cutler made a, a new meme about, um, made a new meme about um, Jamal Adams. Shouts yeah. to Canadian Cutler. Um, that yeah, shout out to Canadian Cutler. He's a small guy on Instagram, and he makes a lot guy, of good memes. And he does that guy is relentless. I like. I have a feeling that he spends more time making memes than he does actually watching football. Yeah. He was going off. He's another big Bill uh, fan he's too. A big eh? Believer. I don't even know what team he cheers for. All I know is that he's a big believer in the Bills right now. And I mean, who isn't? Everyone's yeah. rooting for the Bills right now. Um, exactly. You know, I used yeah. to grow up. You know, I was a little kid. I grew up, and I always asked myself, I said, why can't we have nice things? I, I'm a Raptors fan. I'm a Sens fan. I'm a Jays fan. I'm a Bills fan. I'm like, why can't I have nice things? And to see the Bills win like the way they – in the fashion that they're winning in, I, I just can't help but feel good about myself. But I'm talking too much about the Bills. We're looking at the Rams and Seahawks right now, and that – Jared motherfucking oh golf. That dude played with one. This man comes out here with a broken broken what? thumb and has a one game hand. of his life. He played better in that game than he did in the Super Bowl. If, if you ask Exactly, me, yeah. He was fantastic. I mean, I like John Wolford. I I honestly thought John Wolford was good. Um, yeah. I mean, ex- until Jamal Adams' slimy ass came in and ruined it. Um. However, have they have you heard what happened to Wilford yet? Because I know he was, was a neck, neck injury. injury but, he uh... left in a stretcher. God, I feel bad for him. He came in, and that could have been his time to shine. And he played well. He played well in the very last game against the against the Cards, and he played well against the the Seahawks. Just fucking bliss boy. Um. Seattle burnt two first rounders on a guy who can only blitz. Um, you know that that yeah. was just brutal. Um, and then, you know, but but moving on, do you think that um, LA survives against Green Bay? Do you think? And Aaron Donald, Aaron Donald's out too. Aaron Donald hurt himself. That game. Oh yes, it's right. Yeah, and I think yeah. I I. I think the biggest blows right now is that Jared Goff still has a broken thumb. Aaron Donald's out, and I they might be without Cooper Cup. I, I think Cooper Cup yeah. hurt himself as well, so that's going to be a tough game for the Rams. Then moving on, um, we got your boy Tom Brady playing Tom playing Brady the football team. The goat. It was a little 
too close for comfort. I'm going to say that. If I might. He but got, he got the job done. He got the, he job, got the job done. done. Hey, can I throw you a stat real quick? After that win, Tom Brady has won against 17 different teams in the playoffs. That is more than any quarterback has wins in the playoffs. Next on the list, I believe, was Joe Montana with 14. And he has just a loan against team he's play, teams he's I know. played. He has now 31 total wins in the Tom playoffs. Tom Brady in the playoffs. I mean, it's hard to stop Tom Brady in the playoffs. He is an ageless wonder. Yeah. But, man, did exactly. Washington's defense, man. They that Heineke kid yeah, though too. He was nice. Um, that was uh, that was the playoff round of backup quarterbacks. Um, exactly. Heineke came in. He balled out. Yeah. Um, but Washington's defense, man. I think. I I think that's something that you build on big time. Um, like that's something. Chase Young, Montrezl Sweat. Yeah, that's that's something that I think you gotta amazing. feel good about. Um, you know, they got McLaurin that wide receiver. They I think they just need a solid quarterback that can, you know, lead them into the games. And I think they're just a few pieces away from being a, you know, a perennial playoff team. You know, I I, I like Chase Young though. Uh, I was kind of disappointed by him in the playoffs. I thought he could have. You know, maybe been bigger. He only had uh, three combined tackles, both solo, one solo, two assisted tackles. Um, so that was kind of disappointing. But I mean, at the same time, it's his first year. What can you expect? You know, and it's the football exactly. team. They're seven and nine. You know, like like this game went yep. a lot better for Washington. If I if I'm Washington, I'm telling myself this game went a lot better than I thought it would be because Jesus Christ, I thought yeah. Washington was going to get fucking steamrolled. Um moving along, Ravens and Titans. <laughs> was not a fun one, eh, dog. Yeah, those kind of no by that one. I I caught some of it, yeah. All I gathered from the game though is Derrick Henry wasn't efficient, so Ryan Tannehill could not throw exactly. the ball. And if you make, I think the the key to victory and man, the Titans defense though, Titans defense sucks. Oh, um, if if you <laughs> if you cannot, um. If if you cannot, if you can make Ryan Tannehill throw the football, I I think you win the game. But like it, it's kind of yeah. funny how both those teams work because if if you make in in those um, if you like Lamar pass, they exactly. lose. That's and if exactly you make... what I was gonna say. In, in those. If you make Tannehill pass, in those they win. Games, if you make Tannehill throw the ball, they they the, the Titans lose. But if you make the if you make Lamar throw the ball, 
or do anything other than than rush, they lose. The, the you know whatever. Exactly. Uh, um, <clears throat> you know, defensive. Trying to find uh, some defensive stats on uh, on the Titans in in that game. Uh, man, that and Tannehill. That was a dumbass throw. As Lamar, as Lamar Jackson wants to put it, that was a dumbass throw. Um, oh man, the Titans' defense is so bad. They they were dead last in um, allowing passing touchdowns. They were dead last against the pass. They weren't very good against the rush. I don't know. It was just, it was just frustrating to watch. And um, you know, I, 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 I don't think that all the blame goes on Derrick Henry. I I think the and I haven't watched enough for me to throw the blame the to play the blame game. Yeah, but I, have no I, either, but... I, I think it goes against the play calling a little bit. I, I and also, yeah. I, for me, if I were to point fingers in that Titans loss, I'd point it to Ryan Tannehill because on I, I want to say something though because I did catch did one part catch of the game. The interception. If no, I did not, but I. I caught one of the fourth okay. down plays. And I'm going to put this on Mike Vrabel. Because even I saw this on Instagram. And he passed up an opportunity to go for it on fourth and two. With the best power running back in the league, Derrick Henry. But when it came down to it, he went for it on a fourth and 11. I know. And passed up on a fourth and two. And if there were two. literally anyone else... When you have a running back that big, that's an easy short yardage play. Um, but uh, yep. honestly, I'm going to put this game on Ryan Tannehill because he had the last play. A.J. Brown was wide open. Um, I, I remember um, yep. A.J. Brown was running a fly route, and he was wide open. He had his hand. He was waving. And um, he decided to throw it to the guy who was running a post route, I believe, and it was a blatant underthrow. He underthrew that so badly. And it went right into Marcus Peters' hands. And next thing you know, the entire Ravens defense is just stomping on the Titans logo. Guys, yeah, I, I saw that on Instagram. Yeah, that was painful. Uh, that. Well, it's for the earlier meeting where the yeah, Titans that, did it to them before think, or after I, the game. I think we should make it legal that the Titans and um, – excuse me there. I, I think we need to make it legal that the Titans and Ravens meet in the playoffs every year. Because, man. Yeah, because it was exciting. Last year's game was exciting too. man. <laughs> Uh, last year was the big, big, big overtime win with the Derrick Henry Good. run. Man, that was a fun game. Oh. Um, and then, yeah. Speaking of fun games, let's get to the next game. 
New Orleans Saints and Chicago Bears. Nickelodeon game. We had SpongeBob, uh, Young Young Sheldon. I was so I missed I missed the game, but I because uh, I'm at work. Yeah, but I, I saw a lot of the highlights, and uh, it, it looked sick. They had SpongeBob, Young Sheldon. They had the the slime can in the end zone. I Even uh, Sean Payton at the end of the game, he got uh, he got slime. Sean Payton at the end of the game. Mitch, he promised he would if he won. Nickelodeon valuable player. I think I think we should. I think we should talk yes. about that. Mitch Trubisky he did. threw Mitch Trubisky went 19 for 29 through 199 yards and had one touchdown and he was named Nickelodeon MVP or Nickelodeon valuable player MVP and David and I'm so mad that David Montgomery who had 12 carries for 31 yards didn't get MVP. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think this I think this makes it okay for the Bears to ha- to have pick him that. now over Mahomes and Watson. Just having that trophy in his repertoire, like I, I think it just solidifies. No, it it wasn't it fifth, second overall? Wait. I don't even. I forget. Was when Mitch Tr- Let's look up when Mitch Trubisky. Um, I thought it was second. Wow. That was uh. What draft 20... was that? Mitch, uh... Yeah, he was drafted second overall, 2017 draft. You want to know something that's even crazier? The Bears didn't even talk. Yeah. To uh to um. And what's his, Deshaun Watson? They didn't even talk to Deshaun Watson. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, and he was uh, he won the Natty that remember, year. Remember? He said, remember in twenty seventeen? Yeah, got Mahomes at ten and saying, Watson uh, at twelve. Oh, Deshaun Watson won that draft because he went to a decent team. Yeah, who's fucking laughing now? The Bears are in the playoffs. The Bears are in the playoffs, and who isn't? The Houston Texans. So, shut the fuck up. <laughs> uh, I think I think that player should have actually gotten slime whenever they went into the end zone. Um, who cares? Uh, I think that would have been too like, much of a mess, though. They tried to get some of the players at the end of the game. They tried to get Cameron Jordan, oh, but he that refused sucks. to. He like what ran off the field. What really annoyed me, the, the one thing that I'm going to pick on in that Nickelodeon game was uh, whoever the color commentator was, every single play, they were like, whoa, that's epic. So epic. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> Did yeah. you see the Chicago player that speaking dropped of, the F-ball Speaking of Chicago drops, Javon Wims. <laughs> what a beauty. <laughs> oh, that guy. Um, I, I, I... Oh, I got I gotta find the name of the Saints uh Saints cornerback that uh I laughed my ass off he, he whenever punched. uh whenever I sent you that TikTok. It was like it was a TikTok that was like um 
athletes that still play with their uh with their current conditions. And it was like uh Javon Wims was uh recently diagnosed with being a fucking dumbass and he's still a starter on the Bears. <laughs> Never let your disabilities get in the way. And I could not I just laughed. I, I laughed so hard at that. Um uh, he dropped that pass. I don't know. You you can't make excuses up for that. That's just So the guy that he punched was Chauncey Gardner Johnson. And Chauncey CJ uh, Gardner Johnson. He was the same guy who CJ Gardner Johnson, he was the same guy who was punched in practice by Michael Thomas. And supposedly also got someone else kicked out on uh Wow. I feel, on Sunday. I feel terrible night, yeah. for that guy. Man, he just keeps getting punched in the face. <laughs> He just keeps getting murdered. <laughs> Poor guy. <laughs> well, obviously yeah. he's fucking doing something um, if it keeps happening. He can't be that innocent. Uh, moving on. Last game. So now Last let's talk about the highlight of the, of the weekend. Super wild card weekend was Cleveland Browns and the Steelers. Browns 48, Steelers 37. The Browns is the Browns. Right, dog? Browns is the Browns. Um, exactly. Right. <laughs> um, man, were was Cleveland cooking. I mean, Baker looked nice, but that defense looked fantastic. Um, I I loved yeah. I loved the defense from from start to finish. Um, you know, I I, I look. What? Honestly, you know what I think they did? They took what Baker, what uh, Juju said, and twenty-five years of losing and being and an absolute failure. And they said, you know what? Tonight's the night, boys. And they absolutely just left it out there on the field. And they they did the LeBron James and said, "That first, one's first for win you, since That one's for you." First win. You know who else? Yeah, twenty five years, right? You know who else has or twenty? Won I guess twenty six playoff now. game since you know who else won their first playoff game since nineteen ninety five? The Buffalo Bills. That's right. No one circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. But we're not talking about the Buffalo Bills. We're talking about the Cleveland Browns. Um, I think the Browns were fantastic on both ends of the football. It was. That's what I was going to ask you. Uh, do you think it was a bad game for the Steelers, or do you think, think it was a really good game for the Browns? first half, that was the best football I think the Cleveland Browns could have ever played in their fran- in the history of the franchise. And then the second half was a bit of a normal game. It was yep. neck and neck. Um, it was like it was pretty back and forth. Like I'm looking yep. at the scoring summary right now, and you could say, oh, well, the Browns were blah, blah, blah. Like, it was pretty close. Like, so – Pittsburgh scored 13 points in the third quarter and then Cleveland scored zero. And then fourth quarter scoring was um, 14 to 13 for Pittsburgh. So Pittsburgh won the second half. If, if they're looking for bright spots, Pittsburgh won the second half by a touchdown. Um, so take that yeah. as you will. 
but I mean, if if Cleveland doesn't get off to that hot of a start, I think we talk about how this game goes down to the wire and it's a one possession game. And oh my God, that was the game of the season. Um, it was still a fun game. <laughs> like I, yeah. and it was nice to see that that a team was that was compared to. There have been more star. This is a quote from the big lead. There have been more Star Wars movies than Cleveland Browns wins in the last two years. And that was 2017. So it really shows if they have come a long way in um, four years. I mean, so here's the one thing that I really don't like about. Um, I think you look at the Steelers stats. I've, I'm pinning. You, you can say what you want. I'm pinning the blame on. Um, the Steelers or I'm, I'm pinning the blame on the Steelers defense because you yep. look at this offense, they gave the Steelers every offer. Like the offense gave this team every opportunity to win. Um, Big Ben threw for 501 yards, four interceptions. Yep. Okay. But four TDs and then the running game sucked as always. I mean, they, they cannot run the football. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. And then, um, say what you want about Juju, 157 yards for one and one touchdown. Deontay Johnson, 117. James Washington, 72 yards. Uh, e- Eric Ebron, six. Pardon? Claypool had a touchdown, right? Yeah, two. Claypool had a touchdown too, he had right? Two touchdowns. Eric Ebron, yeah. 62 yards, one touchdown. Chase Claypool, 59 yards, two touchdowns. James Conner. Uh, 30 receiving yards. Like, this was a group effort by the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, I mean... Other than the four picks by Big Ben, well, I, I mean, think it was a good like game the guy for the offense. 68 times. With a rushing... With a, with a team that sucks yeah. that much at rushing, I think you have... I think you have no option, no other option yeah. other than to throw it. Um, so, I mean... About to throw. You know... I mean, and, and I guess that's the key to victory, if if you want to put it that way. Key to victory against the Steelers yeah. is to um, make Big Ben throw the football sixty times and pick him off on those weak throws. So, you know, and, and Pittsburgh yeah. was more efficient. Here's, I I just think that it was. I think that it was – I don't think it was this team playing a good game and this team playing a bad game. The way I look at this game, it was Cleveland got off to a really, really, really hot start. And the second half, Pittsburgh gave themselves yeah. every opportunity to come back in this game, and they just shot themselves in the foot. Exactly. And, but uh, just we'll wrap before, it up there, and we'll move on to this weekend. Kind but of just before, just before this be Corvette, Corvette, to and college on. football, I just want to say this: the and this backs up why I think that the Steelers put themselves in better positions to win this game. They were more efficient on third downs. They went eight for fifteen. They were three for three on fourth downs. They had eighty-four total plays. They punted the ball less times. They just the the one just they they had more time of possession. Just here's just it's those four interceptions. It's the one fumble. 
it's the four penalties that went for 25 yards. That's just where I think the Steelers went wrong. It was just minor things that happened earlier in the game that allowed the Browns to just get off that, that allowed the Browns to just get off that hot start and get them, get them going. Steelers also had more yards per play, uh, 6.6 yards per play, uh, against Cleveland's, uh, yards per play. Like if you showed me these statistics from that night's game, if you showed me every single statistic, except for the final score, I would probably tell you that I would probably guess that Pittsburgh beat the living shit out of Cleveland. Um, but unfortunately they didn't. Yeah. Anyways, moving on. So before we move on to college football, uh, we're do you want to do our picks for next party. weekend? Have a private party? So okay, let's do that then. Right yep, now, for sure. it's let's the, move on. We're in the third quarter. It's 38-24 Bama. I mean, we all saw this coming. We all saw Bama curb stomping Ohio State. I mean, in the in the conversation as to who Bama plays in the first round, Everyone was saying, well, and Mac Jones just scored another touchdown. Fuck, this game sucks. I or no, it wasn't it wasn't Mac Jones. It was Slade Foreman. <laughs> five yard reception. I thought Mac Jones ran it in. It was just a little uh screen pass to Slade Bolden for a Speaking of yeah. teams getting curb stomped. Oh, can I talk about ahead. Notre Dame well, for a before second? Before we get to the final, you can go on about uh, the bowl games. So, in bowl games, Notre Dame is 0-8 since 1990 in yeah. bowl games against top five teams. In, ni- in 95, they lost 41-24 to Colorado. In 96, they lost 31-26 to Florida State. Not too bad. And then 2001, they lost 41 yeah. to 9 to Oregon State. And that was the game that Ocho Cinco went off. Okay. Um, 2006 in the Fiesta Bowl, they lost 34 to 20. 2007, they lost 41 14 against LSU. Yeah. 2013, they lost 42 14 against it's, Bama. It's... And then 2016, they lost 44-28 to Ohio State. And Cotton Bowl against Clemson in 2018, they lost 30-3. to And then that shit came. And obviously, they lost this year to Bama. I don't know why everyone wants to. You can can look at Notre Dame and go, ooh, independent team. They're so good. Ooh. They're not. Like, like, they can be as good as they want until you put them. In in a meaningful game where they lose, they have no hey, fucking defense. You. They have no defense. They 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 have yeah. They have more, line you. They have. If I had a dollar for every O lineman that came out of Notre Dame, I'd be rich. Um. Yeah. I, I, the problem is that fucking division has no, it has like no, uh, 
No defense. Like, they, they don't play defense in that division. In which division? Like, in the they're divisions they play. They don't play defense. They're just playing in the ACC. Oh, yeah, that's right. They're independent, um, Just the thing oh, that's what it is. that okay. makes me so mad about Notre Dame is we put Notre Dame in these bowl games and they get absolutely pumped. Yet somehow, year after year, the committee still thinks that they're worthy of being in the top five. It just, or like top ten, it absolutely puzzles me. It, it, I, I... Well, I, I guess this year it's okay because they, they did beat Clemson. But, but that, with that, that then uh, again, it's also Trevor. tough because here's the thing. Um, like, and, and that, that brings up an excellent point. Um, near the end of the season, it was going to be between Texas A&M and Notre Dame. And, like, the thing is, is who do you put it for? That's the tough question, right? Who do you put it for? And if you put it at Texas A&M, it's just going to be another curb stomping. And at Notre Dame, at least they beat Clemson. At least they have that edge. And then people were arguing, oh, well, maybe maybe Florida sneaks in at four. But then, like they got smacked, they got ragdolled in the in the in the um they they got smacked at the SMA game championship. Right? Like it's it's just I don't know. It, it, yeah. Well, even there's an argument about Ohio State too because they've only played six games. And how a team with six wins shouldn't be allowed yeah, to I, be in a bowl game. Well, at least a national championship, like top but ranked four. When it comes to, I hate college selection. Like, why can't? Well, they, they changed it, too. They changed it the week before they made the decision. The week before they made the decision, they said, they said, they said at the start of the year you have to play at least seven games or something to be considered for uh, the national championship and the playoff, college playoff. And they changed the week before and said, no, there's no limit. You can play whatever, how many games you wanted. It's Which just, I think we're picking the be. best teams that we think. And, yeah, but uh, I obviously think Texas but A&M deserves more than them. If you put Texas A&M in, do you think the score's any closer than it than that Notre Dame game. If you put if you if you put Florida in, no, no, no. But I'm just talking about teams that deserve it. Like I feel like, like yes, you want to put in the best team, but yes, you want to put in the best teams. But I think to determine the best teams, and I know I'm stealing a quote from another podcast, but they were saying this on Pardon My Take a couple weeks ago. They said. You know, I guess the the best way to really um, decide who takes the fourth seed is you you kidnap the head coach, uh, you kidnap Nick Saban, you put him in a dark room, and you you lift the pillowcase off his head, and you say, Coach Saban, who would you rather play in the first round of the playoffs, Texas A and M or Notre Dame, and if Nick Saban says AM, well then you play Notre Dame. You know, same same with Dabble Sweeney. Yeah. If you if you put a bag over Dabble Sweeney's head and you say, Hey Dabo, who would you rather play? 
uh, Ohio State or Notre Dame. Obviously, he'd rather play Notre Dame because he's scared of Ohio State. Everyone loved Dabo Sweeney at the beginning because he was a charming little, oh, shucks, yeah. I'm an Alabama boy. I'm Dabo Sweeney. Everyone loves me. I'm a little yeah. skinny white boy. Um, you know, now he's a cocky bastard. Uh, if, if you if you put him, you know, exactly. Speaking you of know, him, like, he, he ranked Ohio State, Ohio State. State. So if you lock Dabo Sweeney in a room and you say, hey, Dabo, who would you rather yeah. play, Notre Dame or Ohio State? And he says Notre Dame. Well, then Ohio State's third. You know, it, I think it's just you try to make it the toughest competition that you possibly can be, but with programs that are just constantly recruiting five-star re- players like Alabama, like Clemson, you're just going to get, you know, blowout games in the finals like this. So, um Yeah. Alabama just got a sack. And now I think it's fourth down. I'm not quite sure. Nice. Uh, yeah. Really? My game You've is just still been like lagging for that long. <laughs> well, it's uh, it's still on, but on my screen right now, it is uh, 45-24. And it's second and eight with oh, two minutes left Ohio in the State third. Just went for it on a fourth down, and they turned it over. And now it's Bama ball, and they're just going to spend the next twelve minutes running the football. This has been another boring college football championship. And you can, you can, I, I mean, it's fun if you like yep. offense. But in a championship game, a playoff game, I want it to be tight. I want it to be close. And I, LSU just I got, I got something for you Clemson out of the water and Alabama's doing the same. There's a lot of comparisons. So um, is Mac Jones uh, eligible for the draft? I, this, so here's something yes, that he is. isn't getting talked about enough. Where do you see Mac Jones going? Uh, I'd like to. I like to see a quarterback go to but New England. The thing, so I'd like to see him go to New England. But here's the thing, though: Mac Jones I, is another is another uh, pocket passing quarterback, and the NFL. Yeah. I, I see the NFL moving out of that. I, I yeah. really do. Um, the NF, like, and because of uh, Mac Jones's play style. I I really see him going like in the third round, maybe. Like I don't know how high he's ranked though. That's the thing too. Like I I don't know. I'm just saying that because I thought like, he was the ranked first round. Yeah. So right right now right now they have they've obviously Trevor Lawrence is the number one QB. Justin Fields. They have Zach Wilson from BYU. They he projected to go six. Be a great, like I think Mac Jones is an awesome college quarterback, but I I don't know he he just he reminds me too much of Forrest Gump with the leg braces on. They have Trey Lance at twelve from North yeah. Dakota State, and Mac Max Jones is ranked twenty fifth. Yeah, I mean Mac Jones, 
hey, who knows? He might be another Justin Herbert. Uh, and uh, Kyle Trask, he's he had a good year at Florida State or Florida this year. Yeah, he he's kind of dropped 40th. off near the end of the season whenever he lost in that. Anyway, yeah. He had a really good bad game but I think Kyle against Trask Bama. Is more like of a really bad game because he came out of nowhere. Um, like he was a backup yeah. for the longest time and was transferred and blah blah blah. And Florida was the only school that like D one school that wanted him. And I mean, like how well that worked out for him. So, um, yeah. anyways, that that's just it's unfortunate that the game is uh getting so out of hand, but um. That's just the way it is. Um, so, do, do you want to do parlay party and then uh, and then game of the week, or, or what do you want to do? All right, parlay, do parlay party. party. Do it. Just give me a second. I'm gonna get something here. Let's go, parlay it. party. Shit. There we go. Wait. Okay, we so gotta we got the, the 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 song. Oh, it is Parlay party. Don't hurt me. Don't hurt me. Okay, who you got? Parlay party. Who I got? I'm obviously going with the favorite yeah. Green Bay over the Rams. Uh, they're at uh, they're at um, seven under right now. So uh, I think they'll cover that spread against the Rams. I wouldn't be surprised to beat the Rams by ten. Um, yeah, Baltimore and Buffalo. That's pretty close. Uh, I think I'm going to yeah. go. I think I'm going two with points, Buffalo. Two and a half points. I'm okay. So today I'm taking. I'm sorry, dog. I know you love Tom Brady. I know he's your next door neighbor, but um, I'm taking uh, New Orleans to cover the spread. They got negative three and a half points. Um, Taysom Hill goes zoom zoom. He runs the ball fast. I'm going Taysom Hill with my pick. My next pick, I'm going to hockey. You know me. Hey, it's Fonzie. My name's Fonzie Nunzio. I'm going uh, good spread for Toronto, Montreal. Hockey's back. You know I got to make that pick. You know me. I'm going Toronto. I, I'm going Mon- I'm going Toronto to cover the spread. Negative one and a half goals. Then I move to basketball. Where's the games? I can't find any. I'm gonna. I can't find any. I'm taking. Uh, <laughs> I'm taking Memphis to win their next game. I think they're playing the Knicks. Knicks suck. I hate the Knicks. So I'm taking uh Memphis to win. I like John Morant. He jumps pretty high. Yeah, so I'll give you some picks of mine. For the NHL, 
Let's get some NHL picks in here. Holy shit. Yeah. The odds are weird on this site. I'm honestly going to pick Buffalo over Washington. Oh, Thursday plus one thirty-five for Alabama. This game sucks. Oh, this Anyways, um, so do you have any other picks for Parley Party? Another one. Oh, it's delayed. But anyways, any any other picks for Parley Party? Uh, I'd go with Tampa if I was you guys. Nice. Tampa over nice. New Orleans. Five and a half point spread, and uh, nice. I think they're going to get the job done. Nice. This Tom Brady right, in the playoffs well, is elite. Um, I guess we'll finish up with game of the week. Um, if we're looking at all games in all sports, soccer, hockey, football, basketball, um, obviously hockey's back. I'm pretty pumped about that. My game of the week is going to be the Habs and Maple Leafs. That's yep. always a really fun game. Both teams are contenders. Um, you know, and in the playoffs, I mean, it kind of looked like we were watching uh, 2014 Carey Price again. So that's something that, I mean, if you're a yep. hockey fan, you got to get excited by that. And, uh, you know, the Habs, they got some, like I mentioned, just mentioned earlier, they got some help at scoring by picking up Tyler Toffoli. They also have Joel Edmondson, which strengthens their D a little bit. Um, so picking up Tyler Toffoli was huge for them. So was Joel Edmondson. And then they, I think Nick Suzuki and uh, Kotkin Yemi are going to ball out this year. I think that this year is their year. And then obviously the Leafs are the Leafs. I mean, they, they look fantastic. Yep. I think this game is set up to be uh, a really fun one. So my game of the week, Montreal Cana- uh, Montreal Canadiens at Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, tune into that one if you're able to. Uh, Dog, what's your game of the week? My game of the week, Ooh. Tampa Bay, New Orleans. Tom Brady and Drew Brees, enough said. Every time they play, it's a great game. You're not going to want to miss that one. That is at, Let's take I believe, 640 uh, on Sunday. Yeah, 640 Sunday. 640 on Sunday. Man, you got you got um, Browns, Chiefs, Bucks, Saints. What a better – and then what better, Rams, yeah. Packers, Ravens, Bills on Saturday. What better way with hockey being back? You got basketball, you got soccer, you got all this stuff. What a better way to have uh, to spend your weekend than um, yep. than watching sports? Yeah. And I think that last game is going to be the icing on the cake, and it'll bring you into the next week, and then you'll make you have a good Monday because we'll be all excited about that game last night because it's going to be a exactly. fun one. It's going to be a historic uh, one. You're not going to want to miss you it. Know, just another exciting chapter to a great NFL season. All right. Well, uh, exactly. If you don't have anything else to add, dog, I guess we'll close this out. Guess it's the end of the first episode, and uh, 
hope to see you all next time to tune in and uh we'll yeah, next, we'll uh, next, next episode coming out next week sometime um you know i know it's our first episode had lots of fun recording it um and hopefully we're able to get uh lots of people listening lots of people engaged uh and yeah we'll have some uh i, I guess we should get some social media accounts rolling dog Yeah, we should. And uh, hopefully this brought some smiles to people because I know it's tough times right now with COVID. And, you know, Quebec's getting locked down, possibly Ontario and the other province are going to fall suit. So it's really good to get in listening to this podcast and sports and watching exactly. sports. It's so it's fun and takes your mind care. off the real world. Keep on smiling. So everybody stay safe sure. and take care. and uh, Keep on rocking in the free world. See you next episode. Keep smiling. Everyone stay safe. Bye-bye.